This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Tom and Warren on Joy. She just blew in from the Windy City. The Windy City is mighty pretty, but they ain't got what? We've got a guest. Oh, Oh, sorry. Well, continue on, continue on. We've got a guest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Our listeners fell in love with our next guest on the Aussie classic dramas, All Saints and Winners and Losers. But two years ago, during a two-night production of one of Hollywood's favourite musicals, we found out this girl can sing and dance. Virginia Gay, welcome to Joy. Hello, my darlings. I'm looking for an understudy, Tom. How are you feeling about... You ready to get up? On the the stage? I know all the words, but I can't sing. Yeah. And I do Doris Day very well, let me tell you. Really? Doris Day, I'd be excited to hear that. (laughs) I could do glass bottom boat. No, we won't go into my hole. Yeah. (laughs) Look, Virginia, we have dragged you in here for a reason. And we got you in today to discuss the runaway success of the strip back, raw and ready reimagining of the 1953 Warner Brothers classic Calamity Jane, starring none other than my fave, Doris Doris Day. Doris Day. I mean, she's. A champion. It was my favourite movie growing up. Was it you? One of yours? Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Was one of those ones crack you, away. Whip crack away. Whip crack, crack away. away. <laughs> you see it every few months on. Was it ABC TV? On Absolutely. Sundays? Bill Collins. Yeah, used to, Bill oh Collins. God. Bill he Collins. Used to introduce it. I remember. And it, honestly, it's on still. I would say every six months. I, would, I invariably turn it on, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Doris. <laughs> Haunting me. How you doing? Don't you run the other direction now? Yeah, no, actually, I still, I still go. I, I see how far we've, how 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 much we've honoured it, and I see how far we've taken it. Every time oh, I watch it, I'm good. like, oh, it's really, it's really interesting. So for us, I mean, I was really, it's as I said, it's one of my favourite films, and I grew up watching it. But the reason that I think we've been able to continue doing this show, aside from the way that we do it, which is immersive and and joyful and irreverent, as well as being reverent at the same time. Is because it's got this famous queer love story in it. Katie Brown and mm. Calamity Jane set up house on they the did. edge of the woods outside of Deadwood. One of them's wearing men's clothes. One of them's super femme. And they sing a song called A Woman's Touch. The Woman's Touch. A Woman's Touch. And they're going... <laughs> But if we want to quote the line, there's a bit of rub-dub-dub happening going on. An actual lyric from a 1952 musical is, with a rub-rub here and a rub-rub there, a woman's touch will sort of turn your whole life around. I'm like, girl, I hear you. I'm I'm listening. Do you reckon if we went back to 1952, like we can see it now in hindsight what was going on, how do you reckon audiences would have reacted back then? Well, I think there's such a wonderful documentary, The Celluloid Closet. It came out, oh God, maybe 15 years ago, maybe more, talking about the way that queer subtext and queer metaphor was integrated into films which weren't allowed to talk about it explicitly. So it's a 1952 film. It ends with, you know, three hetero cis weddings, but there's so much subversion in it. And there is a reason that Calamity Jane is so much more popular now than Annie Get Your Gun, which has none of that subplot, which has none of that stuff, which actually speaks to audiences now and goes... Oh, I feel seen. I feel real seen. <laughs> well, we love it here at Joy. <laughs> you know, yeah, we do. <laughs> but look, let's let's just think about it. So you star in the leading role, Calamity Jane. Yes. But in 2016, the stage production was only meant to run for two nights. It was indeed. We sold out those two nights. We extended it to five nights. We we sold out those nights. We extended it to seven nights. And partway through that 
run, which was only with one day's rehearsal and book in hand. Halfway through that, the director and a couple of producers and I all said, there's more to this. This deserves a bigger life. And there's something so modern and important about her now that she wears men's clothing, that she doesn't fit into any of the gender stereotypes. Stereotypes, You know, she doesn't. She tries on hyper-femininity too, and it's as uncomfortable on her as hyper-masculinity is, that she exists somewhere in that fluidity. And like, where, how rare is that to get a hero from 1860 to yeah. an actual person who existed in 1860, and then to have it reimagined through 1952, and then to be able to cast fresh eyes on it now. Oh, it's a thrill. You started off, was it a neglected musical? It is indeed a neglected musical. Why do you think it's neglected? Well, I think if you don't investigate the subtext, then it can be a very traditional musical. And Mm. it's got, you know, some perhaps not particularly edifying bits of um, scene work and stuff. It's also got some beautiful scenes. But it started as a movie, then it became a stage show. So there's a bit of filler there, which we have worked very hard to trim and economise with and also uh, joyfully play with. So there are some great subplots in the stage show that you won't see from the movie, but which we have worked very hard to make as fabulous (laughs) as as the bits from the film. So we still get to hear some of my classic songs thrown in there. Oh, so they're all in there. Oh, my goodness. Yes, darling. There's just more songs. There's just extra songs at it. (laughs) So Secret Love, obviously, which became a queer anthem, which I have sung at so many queer weddings. You know, Secret Love is like a big, big anthem. And... In the movie, you will remember, of course, that she sings it by herself, by herself. and back in her men's clothing. Like yeah. this, is, you see what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's meaning there. She'd been in the dress, and then they all yeah. got all pretty. And then when she went off to get water, and when the love came, she turned back up all in mud, and it wasn't her. And, and she all goes, <laughs> I just spoiler have, alert, Tom. Well, <laughs> well, well, in the lift, and he's giving me give give the subplot text of what you said happened. <laughs> well, I thought I can remember now. I, I it's a long time since I've I removed seen his gay film. card in no, the no, lift. So Oh way up this is more, I thought someone goes and she saves some guy yes. on a horse. Yes, that's so it. she does. That starts. That's in the first ten minutes of the movie. Right. And again, like incredible. Reversed. Nineteen. <laughs> but it's not. But that wasn't the subtext of no, the no, plot. No. <laughs> yeah. She goes off to save the guy who owned the hotel. Yeah. To get Adelaide Adams, I want to say. And instead, when she goes there, she actually steals a girl called Katie, who mm. ends up being right, the maid, okay. brings her back. And Katie and Clamity go off and set up, set up house. a right. little house in the Black Hills of Dakota. There's a whole song about that, too, but I won't good. go into that one. It's very good. And we've done, we've done all of the arranging of the songs ourselves, and we play all our own instruments. So the Black Hills of Dakota is, I think, the song that we are most proud of. Oh, because huh. we worked really hard. We said, so we don't have, you know, when you think about 1950s musicals, you think, oh, luscious strings and 60-piece orchestras. So that's not what we have. But we thought, okay, let's think about what we do have and what qualities we do have. And we said, let's make it sound like an 1860s folk song would have. Real close harmonies, real... I get goosebumps just thinking about it because I think it's the most powerful moment of the the piece. It's me on a banjolele and then I'm joined by Katie Brown and we sing these close, close harmonies. And it sounds like an Appalachian folk song. And then the entire... um, Oh, wow. The entire community comes in behind us with these incredible harmonies. Now, Virginia, you you coughed before. I did. Have you been sculling people's drinks? (laughs) 
have I ever. That has gone yeah. around, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is to me, she is the ultimate of what it is to be on stage, Calamity Jane, because she just plays by nobody's rules. So, in fact, there's this bit in the show where we've also been touring this show forever and so we've been in different theatres every right. week sometimes. But this happened about six months ago, basically. I got to a theatre and an entrance that used to be very quick took 45 seconds for the next character to get to. So Richard, our director, was just like, Ginny, you want to fill it? I was like, mm, okay, okay, great. Okay, good. I'll just go out into the crowd. Who's going to drink? I'm going to drink it. And it started to be this bit where I would just go into, because the, all of the audience is with us in the, in the yeah. Golden Garter Saloon in Deadwood. It's immersive. And, so, and we really acknowledge you're a part of the show. So I went and started drinking people's drinks. And I've got to tell you, sometimes I have had a wonderful second act. It was a result of the drinks that I've drunk. But I went up to one woman in Canberra and she had a full schooner of beer, maybe maybe like half a centimetre down. And I was like, this is going to, in my head, I went, this is going to be really impressive when I drink this full schooner of beer. Oh, you're thinking to do a Bob Hawkins? Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I was in Canberra, Canberra, mate. I was like, like, oh, you've got a scallop in Canberra. (laughs) So I went up to her and I was like, are you ready for this? And as I reached for it, she went, I have tonsillitis. Oh, Oh, no. And I went, Thank you so much for that. It was a mono. I mean, it's Canberra. I know. I mean, it could have been, it could have been, could have been anything in Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that the moment that you enter the theatre, you're transformed into the Old West. Yes. And that audience members will be seated on stage. Mm-hmm. That must be a trip for both you and the audience. Yeah, it's a real treat. It's... um. I can't even tell you, I'm not a person who enjoys audience interaction. No. Um, but I have seen... Without fail, in every space that we're in, people start the show going, don't look at oh, me, no. don't yeah. use me. So do you me. pick those ones deliberately? No, no, no. no. <laughs> this, is, this is part of the key. For our show, you know, it's really different to, I think, people's expectations of audience interaction. People start the show like that, and then by the end of the show, without exception, every single one of them is hugging us. They're all at our wedding with us. So for us, what we're trying to do is make a really safe space where people see that they're in the show with us. They don't have to engage if they don't want to, but we are just making a space where they get to play too. So people come dressed for Deadwood. A man arrived in chaps the other night, unfortunately jeans as well, but (laughs) chaps were wonderful. I might come along without the jeans. (laughs) Treat yourself. (laughs) Treat us all. But to me, that is fantastic theatre. So when you get, you know, we all sit there as an audience member and, and we watch Theatre. Yeah. No, no, no. When we feel that we're part of the theatre exactly. and you get carried away exactly. and you feel. Yeah. So, congratulations if that's what it is. I can't wait. Because oh, great. And so, without I, fear, too. I like that. Without, what was that? Sorry? Without fear. Without fear and without judgment. It's mm. not about making fun of people. It's mm. always about you want to come and play with us? Mm. Yeah, like, that's great. Sounds so good. This is joy. This is joy. Oh my God, it's Joy FM. <laughs> <laughs> I often talk about this show as it feels like an ode to joy. That's actually what it feels oh, like. Good. It celebrates the thrill of live theatre. And the way that we all value stories and subversion, and it's a, and it reinforces just this idea of joy and love and inclusion. Honestly, it's a very inclusive. I message. mean, Calamity's life tale was just fantastic. When you go back, you know, she she <laughs> said she did all these things that no one could ever prove. You know, but <laughs> she went from prostitution to a downright liar, drunk as a skunk at fifty one back in. Black Hills of Dakota and dead again. You know, like, I know. I mean, what what a life. But for a woman in that day, exactly. To have actually dressed like a man, got on a horse, taken on the Indians, you know, the wild frontier and the men. Yeah. Absolutely. She she also 
Uh, so you're right, you know, that nobody quite knows how true her stories are, but the fact that we are still telling lots of them means that the, some of them are cor- corroboratable. Well, mm. yeah, someone, been there. Yeah. someone can corroborate them. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. My mother's an English teacher. Can you kill me? <laughs> but I think the best story about Kalam is that she said she was married to Wild Bill Hickok. Correct. Nobody quite knows whether that's true or not. But wasn't like, there a daughter that actually got some type of claim? Well, yeah. That this was is, the whole thing, and then people came back and but, didn't collaborate. But get this. She said she was married. She had a child, but she demanded to be buried on top of him. Oh. Like, isn't that an incredible co Especially Very- if she wasn't actually married yeah. to him. Especially if she didn't even know him. Like, in death will be my ultimate <laughs> act of love. I will be on top of you forever. Absolutely. How many shows have you done so far? 125. 125. Which is the longest run of anything I've ever done. And the show keeps evolving and is different every night because of the way the audience interacts with us. Well, I've so, got friends in Sydney that said the same. Yeah. That you do go back more than once because, I mean, you're going back, you're going to hear the great song that you love you're going to hear the you know the energy yeah but there's something different it's going to change it's going to you're interacting every single night is different and some of the greatest moments in the show for me have been things that have been terrible <laughs> mistakes terrible accidents where things have almost wheeled completely out of control and as we wrangled it back in we would invariably get to the dressing room after the show and go can we keep that for tomorrow night? Can we do that? Can we like? Can we integrate the best bits of the way that this world is unfurling? Because when you go to theatre, as you said before, you don't go for uh, for a two D experience. No. Mm. You don't go to theatre in the same way that you go to, uh, to film or or the same way that you interact with television, where it's just sort of on in the background and you don't have to engage with it. You are in the room with us. Yeah. And the acknowledgement that this is real and live and could change at any moment and does is, I think, so thrilling. So every performance is different. Every single one. Look, every single one. Fantastic. Virginia, you've always played very strong female characters, you know, and we think about Frances James from Winners and Losers. You know, you, you were out there, you were taking on the world. Mm-hmm. Are you always attracted? You know, I've got Calamity Jane now, another one. Are you attracted to strong female roles? Yes. I, I have... Absolutely no interest in being a, being a wallflower, being a, or to be more precise, being a gendered assumption of what women, the roles that women used to have to play. I don't really believe in gendered assumptions, and I would I will do my best at any given point to try and drag them down. So you're preferring the bloodstones over you know six inch heels or something like that? Oh God, yes. Yeah. Also, so much more comfortable. Or heels bloodstones. Oh, now that's that. fluidity. Yes. <laughs> Are we going to see you on TV again soon? Oh, I tell you what, I I haven't really thought about it recently. I mean, this is a this is my full time job, so. You know, there, there are some chats about some stuff that might happen next year, but nothing locked no. in stone. I always say I well, don't talk knows? about it until the contract's Foxtel signed. spend all their money on cricket. You know, no one's got <laughs> any money. You know, Lisa Wilkins stole it all from 10. No, no one, no one She's else. a strong woman. I love that woman. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for anyone. Like, yeah. Now, you're, you're, you're playing at Arts Centre, Melbourne. But yes. you're moving, aren't you? Yeah. So we did a two-week season in March this yep. year at the Arts Centre. That sold out before we opened. So before we opened... Um, um, the art centre said, do you want to come back in December? You know, Christmas get presents. Tickets. There you go. Because I wanted to go. And then it was, I'm one of those people who leave everything to the last moment. You're a bad person, yeah. Tom. You're a bad person. 
Um, well, this is the kind of oh. thing that... Oh, no. I'm, I thought you were going to get out that little um, stock whip that you carry around. And go, <laughs> I, was I, was gonna, say, I was getting all excited, dropping my pants. You're I thought a I was bad get, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been belted by a gay before. I mean, <laughs> what's another How one? could this be any different? Exactly. Um, so we, again, so the, it, we've, we're back in December, but we'll get this, we've sold out the December season yes. already. So we're extending from January the 1st. Oh, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yep. Thank you very much. My New Year's evening will be <laughs> a tech. Um so we open on January the 1st and we play the comedy theatre. So come Excellent. in January and book yes. your tickets now, Tom. Oh, look, I did tell my husband when yes. I left this morning, I yes. did tell him, but I'm going to sit on stage yeah, because I'm a, I'm a pretentious wanker. We all know that. Um, just don't drink my drink because it'll probably be a Mai Tai. God oh, knows great. what will happen. Yeah. Great. Yeah. The greatest one. I think actually somebody associated with Joy came along and I reached for his drink and I said, what's this? And he said, rum and coke. And I drank it all down. It was like a tumbler that big. That was all rum. Rum. Oh, I that love it. Yeah. Rum, With a, you friend. meant to say dash. You a just dash, heard dash of coke. I mean, yeah. don't, get me, don't get me wrong, it sparkled, but it also kicked me in the head. <laughs> oh, the second trick. act would have been great. i got to tell you, I've never metabolized things so fast in my life as when I drink on stage as Calamity Jane. My body just goes, this will not interfere with your life right now. Put it aside. <laughs> you can catch Calamity Jane's encore performances at Art Centre Mel from December 12 to 23, but that's sold out, isn't it? It is sold out, yes. Okay, then it moves to the Comedy Theatre Melbourne from the 1st of Jan. Tickets can be bought at the usual outlets or from the website calamityjaneoz.com That's it. And go and have a look. You've got little pictures of you there, a little video. Of some, there was some dancing happening. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, were, yeah. yeah. There's high kicks. There's there, everything. There, going and I thought, I've thrown in oh. the splits recently. We'll see how long that lasts <laughs> in the long run. And as usual, Creepy Andy's going to post all the links on our social medias. Just search for Tom and Warren on Joy. Virginia Gay, thank you so much for your time this morning. What a pleasure. Thank you thank so you. much. I'll thank see you, you there. I'll see you on stage boys thank you (laughs) wake up with tom and warren thursdays for breakfast on joy tune in to 94.9 in melbourne stream live at joy.org.au or download the joy app available via podcast at joy.org.au on itunes or your favorite podcasting platform joy podcasts where you want them when you want them Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.